0: Years before, Mom and I sometimes paddled down the White River, past Davis's house, to the park behind the art museum. We'd beach the canoe and walk around for a bit, then paddle back home against the lazy current. But I, ha- but I hadn't been down the, to the water in years. The White River is beautiful in the abstract, blue, blue herons and geese and deer and all that stuff. But the actual water itself smells like human sewage. Actually, it doesn't smell like human sewage. It smells of human sewage. Because whenever it rains, the sewers overflow, and the the collective waste of central Indiana dumps directly into the river. We pulled into my driveway. I got out, walked to the garage door, squatted down, wriggled my fingers under the door, and lifted it up. I got back to the car and par- I got back to the car and parked. While Daisy kept telling me how we were gonna be rich, the garage door exertion, the garage door exertion had gotten me sweating a bit. So when I got inside, I headed straight for my room and turned on the AC at the window AC unit, sat cross-legged on my bed, and let the cold air blow against my back. My room was a cluttered mess. My clothes were everywhere, and a spill of papers, worksheets, old tests, college pamphlets my mom brought home that covered my desk, and also a short spread. I'm so confused. Okay, I'm gonna reread that. My room was a cluttered mess with der- with dirt. My room was a cluttered mess, with dirty windows everywhere and, sp- and a spill of papers, worksheets, old tests, college pamphlets my mom brought home that collected my de- that covered my desk and also sort of spread out all along the floor. Daisy stood in the doorway. "You got any clothes around here that'll fit me?" she asked. "I feel like you shouldn't meet a billionaire in a chucky e. cheese uniform <laughs> or in a shirt stained by p- by your pink hair, which are only my outfits, which are my only outfits at the moment." Daisy was about my mom's size, so we decided to read her closet, and we tr- we tried to find at least. <laughs> I'm sorry. Daisy was about my mom's size, size so we decided to read her closet and we tried to find the least momish top and jeans combo available. Daisy talked. She talked a lot. got a theory about uniforms i think they i think they design them so that you become like a non-human person so that you're not daisy or mira as a human being but instead a thing that brings people pizza and exchanges their tickets for plastic dinosaurs it's like the uniform is designed to hide me yeah i said fucking systematic oppression daisy mumbled and then pulled out a hideous purple glass out of the closet your mom dresses like a ninth grade math teacher, she said. Well, she is a ninth grade math teacher. That's no excuse. Maybe a dress? I held up a calf length black dress with pink paisleys. Just awful. I think I'm gonna roll with the uniform, she said. Yeah. I heard my mom drive up, and even though she wouldn't mind us borrowing clothes, I felt a jolt of nervousness. Daisy saw it and took me by the wrist. We snuck out to the back to the backyard before my mom made it inside, and then picked our way through a bramble of honeysuckle bushes at the edge of the yard. It turned out we did still have that canoe, overturned and full of dead spiders. Daisy flipped it over, then wrenched the paddles and two once orange life jackets from the ivy that had grown over them. She swept out the canoe by hand, tossed the paddles and life jackets into it, and dragged the canoe toward the river bank. Daisy was short and didn't look fit, but she was really strong. The White River is super is so dirty. Holmesy, you're being irrational. Help me move this thing. I grabbed it. I grabbed the back part of the canoe. It's like fifty percent urine, and that's the good half. You're the one," she said again then heaved the canoe over the riverbank into the water. She jumped down the bank onto a little peninsula of mud, wrapped, wrapped a two small life vest around her neck, and climbed into the front of the canoe. I followed her, settled into the rear seat, and then used the paddle to push us out of the river. It had been a long time since I'd steered a canoe, but the water was low and the river was so wide that it didn't—that I didn't have to do much. Daisy looked back at me and smiled with her mouth closed. Being on the river made me feel little again. As kids, me and Daisy—oh my gosh, I'm so slow. As kids, Daisy and I played up, played all up and down the river brink. As kids, Daisy and I played all up and down the river bank when the water was low like this. We played a game called River Kids, imagining we were alone on the river, scavenging for our livelihood and hiding from the adults who wanted to put us in an orphanage. The promised Neverland vibes. I remember Daisy throwing daddy long le- throwing daddy long legs at me because she knew I hated them, and I'd scream it right away, flailing my arms, but not actually scared because. Back then all emotions felt like play. Like I've like I was experimenting with feeling rather than stuck with it. True terror isn't being scared. It's not having a choice in the matter. You know this river is the only reason Indianapolis even exists, she said. She turned around in the canoe to face me. So like Indiana has had become had just become a state and they wanted to build a city for this state capital. So everybody's debating where it should be. The obvious compromise is to put it in the middle. So these dudes are looking in the map for their new state and they notice there's a river right here, smack in the center of the state. And they're like, boom, perfect place for, for our capital because it's 1819 or whatever, and you need water to be a real city for shipping and stuff. So they announce, we're gonna build a new city. On the river, and we're gonna cl- we're gonna clever- we're gonna be clever and call it Indianapolis. and it's only and it's only after they made that announcement that they noticed that the White River is like six inches deep. You can't float a kayak down it, let alone a steamship for a while. Indianapolis was the largest city in the world, not on a nav- 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 navigable waterway. How do you even know that? I asked. My dad is a big history nerd. Right then her phone started ringing. Holy shit, I conjured him. She held the phone up to her ear. Hey, papa. Y- um, yeah, of course. No, we don't- he- no, he won't mind. Cool, yeah, I'd be home at six. She slid her phone into her bag pocket and turned to me, squinting into the sunlight. He was, after- he was asking if I could switch shifts to watch Elena, because my mom got extra hours. And I didn't have to lie about already not going to work, and now my dad thinks I care about my sister, Holmesy. Everything is working out. Our destiny is coming into focus. We are about to live the American dream, which is, of course, benefit benefit from someone else's misfortune. I laughed, and my l- I laughed, and my laughter seemed freakishly loud as it echoed across the deserted river. On a half-submerged tree near the river's bank, a soft shell turtle noticed noticed us and popped into the water. The river was lousy with turtles. After the first bend in the river, we passed a shallow island made of millions of white pebbles. A blue heron stood perched on an old bleached tire, and when she saw us, she spread her wings and flew away. More pterodactyl than a bird. The island forced us into a narrow channel on the east side of the river, and we floated underneath the skymore trees, leading out over the water in search of more sunlight. Most of the trees were covered in leaves, some streaked with pink in the first hints of autumn. But we passed under one dead tree, leafless but still standing, and I looked up through its branches, which intersected and. <laughs> Which intersected to fracture the cloudless blue sky into all kinds of irregular polygons. I still have my dad's phone. I keep it in a charging cord hidden in Harold's trunk. Next time, next to the spare tire, a ton of pictures of his phone were leafless branches dividing up the sky, like the view I had as we loaded, th- as we floated under that sycamore. It's a tree. I don't know how to pronounce it. S- sycamore. Psychmore, That's probably it. I always wondered what he saw in that, in this bar- in the split apart sky. Anyway, it was a really beautiful day, golden sunshine blaring da- bearing down on us, with just enough heat. I'm not that much of an outside cat, so I rarely have an occasion to to consider. <laughs> so I rarely have occasion to consider the weather, but in Indianapolis, we get eight to ten properly beautiful days a year and this was one of them. I hardly had to paddle at all as the river bent down the w- to the west. The water crinkled with sunlight. A pair of wood ducks noticed us and took off, their wings flapping desperately. At last, we made it to a bit of land as th- that as kids we'd named Pirate's Island. It was a real river island, not like the pebble beach we'd padd- paddled past earlier. Pirate's Pirate's Island had thickets of honeysuckle and top trees with trunks garnered from the yearly spring floods. I'm I'm bad at reading. Because the river had so much agricultural runoff, there were crops too. Little tomato and soybean plants sprang up everywhere. Well-fertilized by all the sewage. I steered the canoe onto the algae-soaked beach and we got out to walk around. Something about the river had made Daisy and me quiet, almost unaware of each other, and we wandered in separate directions. I had spent part of my 11th birthday here. Mom had made me a treasure map and after, and after cake at home. Daisy and Mom and I had got into the canoe and paddled down to Pirate's Island. We dug up we dug with spades at the base of the tree and found a chest full of chocolate coins wrapped in gold foil. Davis had met us down there with his little brother Noah. I remember digging up, digging until the spade hit the plastic treasure chest, allowing myself to feel like it was real treasure when even though I knew it wasn't. I was so good at being a kid and I was terrible at being whatever I was. No. And so terrible at being whatever I w- Whatever I am now. this says was. I'm sorry. <laughs> I walked along the whole edge of the island until I found Daisy sitting on an uprooted barkless tree that had beached here as some flood receded. I sat down next to her and looked into the little pool below our feet where crawfish were darting around. The pool seemed to be shrinking. It had been a drier summer than usual. And hotter. Remember that birthday party you had here? She asked. Yeah, I said. At the party, Davis had briefly lost his Iron Man action figure when he would when had at the party. Davis had previous had briefly lost his Iron Man action figure. He always had with him. He'd had it for so long that all the decals had been rubbed away, and it was just a red torso with yellow limbs. He really freaked out when he lost it. I remembered, but then my mom found it. You okay, Holmesy? Yeah. Can you say anything other than yeah? Yeah, I said, and smiled a little. We sat for a while, and then stood up together without speaking, and waded through the knee-deep water until we got to the river's edge. Why didn't it bother me to slosh through the filthy wa- through the water of the White River when hours earlier I'd found it intolerable to hear my stomach rumble? I wish I knew. A chain link fence held the boulders that formed the flood wall, and I climbed it and then reached down to help Daisy. We crawled up the riverbank and found ourselves in a forest of Sycamore and maple trees. In the distance, I could see the manufactured, ma- the manicured lawns of Pickett's golf course, and the, and that the, the glass steel mansion, and beyond that the glass steel Pickett mansion, which had been designed by some famous architect. We wandered around for for a while, as I tried to get my bearings, and then I heard Daisy whisper, "Holmes." Oh, I picked my way through the woods towards her. She'd found the night vision camera mounted to a tree about four feet off the ground. It was a black circle, maybe an inch in diameter. The thing that you'd never notice in a forest unless you're looking for it. I opened up my phone and connected to the night vision camera, which wasn't password protected. In seconds, photos started downloading to my phone. I deleted the first two, which the camera had taken of us. And swiped past a dozen more from the past week during coyotes and raccoons and possums, all of them either daytime shots or green silhouettes with bright white eyes. <sighs> Don't want to alarm you, but there's a golf cart headed in our vague direction, Daisy said quietly. I looked up I looked up. The cart was still ways away. I swiped through more pictures until I got back to december September 9th. And there, yes, in shades of green, I could see the back of a stocky man wearing a night, a striped nightshirt. Timestamp, 1-01am. 1, I screenshotted it. Judes definitely spotted us. I glanced up and mumbled, I'm hurrying. I had swiped through to see the previous picture, but it was taking forever to load. I heard Daisy run off, but I stayed, waiting for the photograph. It was odd for me to be calm, to m- for me to be the calm one while feeling Daisy's nervous jangling. But the things that made the other people nervous had never scared me. The things that made that make other people nervous had never scared. But the things that make other people nervous have never scared me. I'm not afraid of men in golf in golf carts or horror movies or roller coasters. I didn't know precisely what I was afraid of, but it wasn't this. The image revealed itself in slow motion, like one pixel at a time, coyote. I glanced up and saw the man in the golf cart. See me. I bolted. I wove back toward the river, scrambled down the riverbank wall, and found Daisy standing above my overturned canoe, holding a large jagged rock over her head. What the hell are you doing? I asked. Whoever that guy is, he definitely saw you. So I so I'm making an excuse for you. What? We have no choice but to damsel and distress this situation, Holmesy, and then brought the rock down with all her force onto the hole of the canoe, splintering the green paint and revealing the fiberglass below. She flipped the canoe back over and then immediately started taking on the water. It immediately started taking on water. Okay, now I'm gonna hide it. I'm going to hide, and you're going to talk to whoever is coming in the golf cart. What? No way. A distressed damsel has no companions. <laughs> she said, no way. And the voice called down from atop the gabled wall. You all right down there? I looked up and saw a skinny old man with deep lines in his face, wearing a black suit and a white shirt. Our canoe, J.C. said, it has a hole in it. We're actually friends with David Pickett. Does he live here? I'm Lyle. Security, I can get you home.